Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, I've got something of a smorgasbord of an episode for you today. I guess we're going to be talking about extroverts in isolation, um, probably just starting to think about some trends that might be emerging as a result of the coronavirus experience and uh, some things that might stick. First thoughts, really, rather than absolutes in that respect. I'm going to share a bit of an update from uh, the latest apprentices. Uh, so in their own words, they're going to give you a bit of an update. Also share um, some virtual events and, uh, and programs effectively that I'm involved in and that you can get involved in as well. So I guess, yeah, quite a lot to be getting along with. So um, stay tuned and hopefully there's something in here for, for you as we go through this. So let's get right into it. The, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about is the whole lockdown experience that I think, um, you know, hopefully everybody's going through right now. The, um, the situation, of course, is that we're, we're in lockdown. Um, we're locked up with whoever we're locked up with. Um, and sometimes that can be all on our own, of course. So, and this was brought to the fore, really, by uh, a friend of mine. And um, his name's Rich and he's Canadian. So that's it. I don't want to tell too much more personal information, but a bit of a shout out to him. And, and Rich is an extrovert. He, he likes the company of people. He gets energy. That's what extroversion means. He gets his energy from outside sources, from connections with people. And he lives alone. So normally he'd be out and socializing and, and, and in, in a community type of environment, and so, of course, for several weeks now, three weeks or something, he's been locked up in an apartment. He has a dog. Uh, so hopefully the dog is, uh, is helping to keep him company. But uh, yeah, it's, it's obviously kind of difficult. So we, we talked, we swapped some notes and, uh, you know, I think the whole Zoom call, FaceTime call, you know, house party, you know, carnage gathering, etc. that probably a lot of us are getting involved in at the moment. A uh, bit of a shout out to people like Zoom and their shares, by the way. Uh, but anyway, as <laughs> an aside, um, it's it's not always it doesn't always create the healthiest of habits either. I mean, um, I think I saw an article about you know invasion into into personal space. Where is the borderline between home and work, and what is the difference between introverts and extroverts in terms of this sort of contact? What are the rules? There there aren't necessarily any. So uh, I think that's one aspect is that, you know, you can connect socially. Obviously, we've got social networks, but we know social networks at the moment. Uh, One, they can just showcase the, uh, the, the, if you like, the Photoshop version of our lives. And then two, they can be full of, you know, negativity and trolling and, and, you know, pessimism generally. So I'm not sure that social media is the answer. Not sure that the FaceTime calls and the Zoom calls are all of the answer. Um, you know, for someone who's an extrovert who perhaps is is struggling with this. And I, I think, you know, you know, I'm not talking about anyone in particular, but obviously this can lead on to feelings of isolation and even other types of uh, concerns that we might have to deal with, let's say, uh, mental health issues, for example, and, and other things. So um, <laughs> Rich was asking me, he said, have you got any tips, you know, things that I can, you know, do to occupy my mind and uh, and that sort of thing. So 
myself and a few of my uh, mastermind buddies put our heads together and we've kind of come up with a, a list of things. He specifically asked about podcasts, actually. So we started with podcasts and we started to broaden that out into other areas. But I guess I'm kind of, you know, developing a, a short list, if you like, of uh, what people could maybe get in, get involved with. I talked about using this time wisely a couple of episodes ago. And so how could people use this time wisely? How could they occupy their minds, um, you know, to, you know, let the sort of... Uh, the sort of extrovert gremlins, you know, keep them at bay. So I'm, I'm compiling a bit of a list. Um, if you'd like that list, just reach out, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. I'll happily share it with you. So that's if you're on the sort of the people side and you like that, you know, contact and you get your energy from other people. Of course, the, uh, the introverts might be sort of loving this experience, particularly if they live on their own, of course, because obviously an introvert will get their energy from within. And in fact, actually, they drain their energy when they're in contact and, and in network with other people. So, but I guess that's not all it's cracked up to be, perhaps to be locked up, you know, 24 hours a day, uh, particularly if they're all on their own. So um, as I'm not an introvert, I don't feel I can speak expertly on this uh, on this topic. I, I think I'm an ambivert. I'm a, I'm a borderline uh, extrovert. So uh, I have elements of introversion in my personality. Uh, but I'm, I'm probably leaning towards extroversion. Um, if you knew me when I was 18, you'd say, absolutely, I'm an extrovert. But, you know, things have changed gradually over the years. So, but the, the introverts also, in isolation, perhaps having other problems and issues and challenges. It's like maybe the extroverts are piling in and trying to contact them, uh, you know, and do, you know, video calls and things like that when they don't really want it. So it's almost an opposite type of problem. So, um, yeah, just a bit of a shout out in that respect. So just think of... Um, I guess my point is, just let's think about the personality types of people around us. Um, there's people who perhaps are enjoying a bit of uh, isolation and their own company for a while, but there's probably quite a few who aren't. And of course, the other thing is there will be people who are, you know, literally locked up with with others and, and things can get a little bit much, can't they? Uh, but just, you know, stick, stick with me there. I'm going to talk about some virtual events that maybe you can join in with so you can perhaps get a bit of an alternative perspective, perhaps uh, that's different from the people you're hanging out with. So I know that's a bit different, but I thought I'd start with that. And uh, Rich, I hope you're enjoying the, uh, the list of uh, things that me and some of my buddies have put together for you, if you happen to be listening, because I did actually mention the Property Boys podcast, of course. So that's that. The, uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about really was... Um, <laughs> It's, it's a work in progress or thought in process in progress, I guess, which is a, I've been starting to think about some, uh, some trends that might come out of uh, this experience that we're all going through right now, um, perhaps the new normal. I'm going to be thinking about this quite a lot because I do. <laughs> I do think about this sort of topic, uh, this sort of thing quite a lot. Uh, I've been thinking about trends actually for a number of years, um, hence why I wrote a book on prop tech, for example. So yeah, shout out to the book. But, um, you know, obviously what we've seen recently, we've seen, you know, a reduction, for example, in, in movement, literally, all types of movement, um, you know, but in mass transportation, global travel, uh, you know, in particular, has fallen off a cliff. And so um, uh, I guess the, the tube in London was still quite busy, so I understand. But, uh, but generally speaking, people are, are looking at the lockdown and they're obeying that and they're trying to keep everyone safe, flattening this curve so to speak. But I was wondering, you know, what could be the long-term ramifications of this? And um, some of the things I, I guess are on my mind um, are things like virtual or remote working. I actually see that perhaps continuing and certainly for a period of time. 
So if you think about uh, even if we get out of this lockdown period anytime soon, which at the time of recording, I think we've got a few weeks to go. Um, but let's say we're out by the summer, you know, worst case, late spring, early summer, worst case scenario. I hope so anyway. Um, are we all going to pile on planes and, and travel to far off places? I don't think we are really, whether that's for business purposes or leisure purposes. I see a bit of a trend, you know, change there. And so things like, you know, virtual meetings, for example, I see an ongoing trend emerging out of that. And it might be easy to forecast that things like um, uh, remote, you know, remote work, sorry, not remote working, co-working, that's where I was going to go. It might suggest that things like co-working and even co-living might not take off I'm actually wondering whether it'd be the opposite, though, in all honesty. So let's just think about co-working for a moment. So all of the you know, businesses, if you like, corporates, will probably be re-evaluating their real estate needs, their property needs um, going forward. There will be uh, you know, more remote working, well, working from home. But I think also, uh, and, and so as more remote working, the need for uh, physical offices is going to reduce. And I actually think that might mean uh, whilst there'll be a reduction in physical offices of, say, large corporates and mid-sized corporates even, that they may even, in fact, look towards, you know, co-working spaces to plug the gaps. So I think there may be some consolidation uh, amongst um, workspaces for large, large medium-sized corporations. And um, I think that actually could be, you know, a, an increase in, in activity for the co-working sort of spaces. And I was looking recently, there was an article that someone passed through to me um, focused on IWG, which used to be Regis. Um, of course, we've got WeWork as well. But the, the, if I contrasted the IWG model to the WeWork model, uh, IWG has got lots of cash. Um, they've been through quite a few downturns, actually, survived to tell the tale. And crucially, uh, this, you know, whilst they own some of their own um, assets, they also rent some of their assets or lease some of their assets, but on a flexible basis. So they cut their, their own landlords into the deal, which means that in times of uh, buoyancy that, you know, both parties win. And in times of leniency or whatever the word is, opposite of buoyancy, hard times, um, they uh, actually, the, the, they're in partnership with the landlords and, and, and both parties take a bit of a haircut, so to speak. So I thought that was a really interesting model. And in fact, looking forward, they're looking to franchise. So actually, from an IWG point of view, they're looking to actually outsource some of the capital risk to franchise partners. So I thought that was quite a good model. And uh, yep, I am actually looking at that business uh, as, a, as an interesting model going forward, which if you contrast to, say, WeWork, um, is, is hugely capital intensive. I think they lose more than their revenues. Um, actually, you did say that right. They lose more than their revenues, or close to it at least, each and every single year, they seem to be locked into long-term lease arrangements, but actually are offering short-term lease arrangements, or they've got more short-term lease arrangements, certainly, than IWG. So anyway, I'm, I'm drifting into their business model. That's not the point. My point really is what sort of trend might emerge. So I think there's definitely going to be sort of remote working. Uh, what does that mean to us as property investors? Well, let's you know start thinking about that. Certainly, it could mean that the spaces that we have available need to have things like high-speed broadband, for example, and maybe you know desk spaces. You know, in, in, in thought about in in terms of the properties that we have to offer. So that's just one little spin-off, and that's what I'm doing here. I'm just thinking about what the trend might be and what you know sort of response it might evoke from us. Of course, there might be the co-working thing. Why am I mentioning co-working when probably I'm talking to mostly residential property investors here? 
because I actually see that the, the co-working slash co-living model could also increase. So if co-working is going to increase, I also think co-living can. Now, uh, this is a double-edged sword because clearly when we've got viruses going around, which can be spread very easily within with people in pros, uh, sorry close proximity, does that destroy the co-living or HMO shared house type of model? Well, mm, I'm not sure is the answer. But I do think that if that kind of model is going to exist and carry on to exist, particularly in large types of cities, I think you know the co-living with working space incorporated could actually be uh, a bit of a growth sector. Yeah, it might be a niche, but I think it'd be a growth sector. So that's why I started talking about that. So the point of this, of course, is to stimulate thinking. I haven't you know, got to a full conclusion yet in my own thoughts, but I thought I'd put it out there. I think um, another trend that's worth keeping an eye on is, um, so of course, with, the le- with reduced travel that we're seeing at the moment, we're seeing less pollution and we're seeing, you know, I don't know about you, but we're seeing lots of sunny days. Um, we're seeing, you know, clear skies, you know, clean, cleaner air, where there's less traffic on the roads and less pollution being pumped into the atmosphere. So I think the whole sustainability agenda, the environmental agenda or the green agenda is probably going to continue. And, uh, and, and that's good. So you know, what can we do about that? Well, we can incorporate sustainability into our properties, of course. Uh, it might be uh, not an easy thing to do immediately, but it's something to consider, especially when we're looking at refurbishment, for example, or, or new build. Um, you know, so, but you know, in the short term, maybe there's different things we can do. I saw someone post a, an image on um, Instagram the other day of a, of a green wall. I don't know if it was a living wall, but it was a green wall, and it certainly looked like it looked three-dimensional, like there was plants on it. So I thought that was that was really interesting. Uh, that was an internal space. Of course, you've got external space as well. So I'm just thinking these things through, as you can see, and stimulating thought. Uh, hopefully, it's stimulating thought on your side. Another trend clearly has to be health and well-being. Uh, everybody's, you know, if, if you look at some of the search terms, you know, how to uh, boost your immune system, how to eat well, how to exercise at home, all of these uh, things are, you know, going doing the rounds at the moment. And I think actually there may be some longevity in this. And so we might, might want to think about these things and what that means to us, uh, not only from a, a personal point of view, but also from our tenants or, or guests, let's say, who are staying in our properties. So um, does, does every property have to have a gym? I don't know. But, um, you know, does it have to have like a whole food store at the bottom? I don't know. Uh, but, you know, I think I'm just starting to think about these things and just wondering really where it might take us. Uh, perhaps drifting off the, the sort of direct property uh, themes and trends that I'm kind of just observing and signposting you to. Um, there's an economic trend as well that's already begun. In fact, actually, to be fair, it began before the latest coronavirus uh, crisis, so to speak. And that's the this, this sort of low interest rate environment and, and high quantitative easing, high government debt type of environment that we've been in, actually, pretty much since the global financial crisis and very much so now as the governments, you know, not just in the UK, but, you know, particularly, well, everywhere, I think, pretty much are pumping money into the economies to prop them up. What does that mean? Well, it means that uh, it's going to, I think, it'll support asset prices. That's one thing. Uh, Usually when there's a lot of money sloshing around, it supports asset prices. So I think whilst there probably will be a recession, there's definitely a massive drop in growth in the short term as a result of uh, this coronavirus experience. I think actually it it might bounce back relatively quick, particularly compared to some of the 
doldrum, you know, recessions of, let's say, the 90s and the 80s and the 70s, for example, which may have taken a long time to come out. Here we've got low interest rates. We've got, you know, a high amount of money and capital being, you know, pumped into the economy. Yes, there will be there will be some winners and losers. There's no doubt about that. There already is, actually. Um, but I think, actually, long term, this well, long term, medium term, we may bounce a bit quicker than we might expect. So the global financial crisis took, what, four, minimum four years to come out uh, of, the, of the, the low from 2008. Um, what we might see here, when I look back at, say, the Spanish flu pandemic, which was 100 years ago, it took a couple of years for uh, economies, generally speaking, to recover the lost GDP uh, that fell out of the um, the resulting, you know, the resulting GDP drop that fell out of the uh, pandemic, the Spanish flu pandemic. So we could be you know, looking at maybe something similar. Um, in fact, actually, I think in this particular case, we might be looking at even even quicker bounce back. And the reason I say that is with the Spanish flu, it predominantly targeted you know people of working age actually. And so, as sad as it was, there was people you know, who lost their lives back 100 years ago. A lot of them were of working age. They were productive in the labour market. And so there was a reduced labour supply, quite literally, as a, as a result of that. Um, obviously, we, and I'm not trying to be insensitive here. I I'm, you know, hope you've probably picked up from a few weeks that I, I'm sincere about you know, people suffering through this uh, uh, coronavirus um, yeah, a pandemic. So I'm not trying to minimise anybody's pain or suffering, uh, but I'm just talking about the economic impact here. But the 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 reality of uh, coronavirus is it unfortunately targets the elderly much more um, seriously than it targets other age groups. Now it affects all of the age groups. I'm not saying anything um, controversial here, hopefully, but statistically it can sadly have a greater effect on on the elderly and, um, and certainly in terms of death toll. So. What does that mean for us? Well, it could mean, um, you know, redistribution of, um, of, of assets, you know, down a generation. Uh, I'm sorry to be cold about it, but it's just a different type of economic response uh, that could fall out of this. Now, maybe if it's hopefully the percentages of people, ultimately a percentage of the population to lose their life, I'm really hopeful won't be so significant and everything we're doing to stay safe will minimise that. But um, so maybe it won't be such a big impact as, as I'm, I'm speculating. But I'm, I'm just saying that the Spanish flu affected people of working age, whereas this seems to be predominantly affecting people of retirement age, if I can say that. So I don't know where that's going to lead to, but I think um, I, I think the long term, um, what am I trying to say? The conclusion from my perspective is I think the recovery from this um, coronavirus economic uh, short, is a, you know, it's a short, sharp shock but it might bounce back relatively quickly, relatively quickly being a couple of years. So uh, that's my thinking there. And then, you know, the, 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 other, the other point is that um, there could be some sort of, uh, you know, response, I guess, from governments because of all the debt they're taking on. And so uh, probably, maybe not immediately, but I am probably expecting some form of stealth taxation that might come in um, in the next couple of years. Maybe not immediately because we kind of can't afford that. Who knows? But uh, stealth taxation, perhaps in the form of windfall taxes uh, on on corporations, because there's going to be some corporations that actually do well out of this. Um, you don't need you know to be a rocket scientist to work out who might do okay out of this. Uh, perhaps online businesses, perhaps pharmaceutical, perhaps even the banking sector might do okay out of this. So maybe there's some stealth, uh, some windfall tax that might come out of their profits if uh, that's the way it goes. 
or their revenues actually in some cases. And um, and I think also wealth tax on a, on the individual side might come in as well. I mean that's that's often wealth tax often follows kind of deep recession and uh, and busts anyway. So we've had two in 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 a you know couple of in well, in a decade. So maybe there'll be something that comes out of that too. So there we go. Some sort of my hesitation there. I was trying to read my own writing and my notes. Um, but yeah. Um, so just some thoughts really. Signposting some trends some of which may stick. There's some of my initial thoughts. I really want to think about it a bit more. Over the next coming weeks, I'll probably put pen to paper in some way as I, as I think about that. Perhaps now is a good time, though, just to have a break from my voice. And what I wanted to do is just cue you up to, um, just to share with you, like, I'd, I'd like to do this fly-on-the-wall exp- expose, don't I, of the, the latest TPV apprentices. Well, we, we had our second group call 35 days in uh, just last week and uh, the apprentices gave a quick update for all of you to listen to. So I'm just going to have a quick clip there. Let's listen to what the apprentices had to say and I'll be right back. So here we are. We've uh, just completed the second call in the latest uh, the Property Voice Apprenticeship Programme. I think it was 36 days in, so we're still fairly, you know, new into the program. We've had a couple of one-to-ones. We've already had one of these group calls. This is the second one, of course, the end of it. And as usual, I've kept people late just to share with you a little bit about where they're at so you can just follow their journey. So I'm just going to hand over. You are start with, uh, with Daniel. So Daniel, do you just want to tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're up to so far? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Daniel from, uh, from Bolton. So... Um, so far, this we've worked out our someday goals, and what mine is is to have, um, to have something there for the grandkids to go to private school, possibly the kids, and also to be have another property abroad, and just to be living generally, generally, generally comfortably. Um, you know, if I want to go away, I can do. I don't need to worry about it. Um. So the goals I've got to do that is do three to four projects, conversions uh, per year, plus get involved with a JV partner. So in the next 12 months, four to five conversions. Um, A good breakthrough has been to have a clear plan moving forward on that. So to to get the finance and also with the JV partners there, something new that we've learned we've done some personality tests on these and this has been great to understand a bit more about ourselves and how we operate and also working with people in the future to see how they operate um yeah fantastic that's, that's yeah. it cheers richard well thanks daniel really appreciate that and so we're just moving swiftly on we've got martin up next Hi there, I'm Martin. I live in London and my goal on the program is to replace my consulting income. And at the moment, I'm engaging Richard to help me with the strategy to get me there. The strategy at the moment will be looking at HMOs outside of London. And something that I realized for a bit of a breakthrough moment was realizing how many resources I have already to get me there. So it's just a question of time. Everything's possible. So the other thing I've realized is that life can look quite different when I leave my contracting consulting world and move forward into a property world. Everything's possible and uh, life can look really bright. 
Indeed, you can. Thanks, Martin. We appreciate that. And um, up next, we have Monica. Yes, hello, everyone. My name is Monica. Um, in terms of my outline goal, just a reminder is I wanted to have a kind of a copper bottom solid plan to shift my existing um, HMO kind of investment focus to a more passive um, structure where I'm less involved, much less hands-on, and um, to do, at least by the end of the program, to have one or two kind of um, options really lined up or at least a clear pathway forward. Um, and in terms of my long-term goal really is to make sure that um, in the next year, possibly two, that this is my kind of mainstream in terms of activity that I'm involved in. And I'm able to generate um, returns of um, 100K a year kind of growth from my um, passive um, investments. And what has been my aha moment is um, a couple really, no matter what happens out there, things are never as bad as they seem. Once you have life, you will recover. And if you have a good network of people around you, they'll be able to speak um, some uh, objectivity into your circumstances and calm things down. So it's always good to have a, um, a good mentor and um, good colleagues and other apprentices around to, to speak into one situation. So your network is really powerful. Um, and the next aha moment was it's still possible even at, in times like this. So that's been amazingly reassuring for me. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Monica, for that. We appreciate it. And of course, now we have Silvana. Hi, uh, I'm Silvana. I live in Reading. Uh, my Sunday goal is to become uh, financially free. And now, thanks to Richard, uh, I have a more clear idea on how to achieve that. Uh, I'm basically um, concentrated to um, gain more uh, capital and uh, cash because I resigned from my uh, previous job and I'm doing um, this uh, as full-time job, um, the property business investment, all, mm, all most of the sides of it, uh, like flips and I want to learn about uh, project managing and deal sourcing and um, yeah, just just discovered that uh, due to the uh, current situation with the COVID, uh, the banks are just lending uh, the sixty percent um, of the the capital. So that will be another another challenge to 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 overcome. Thank you. Thanks, Silvana. Thanks, everybody. Actually, I really appreciate those shares. Um, you can see that there's there's some things which are common. There's obviously some things which are different. Um, perhaps in some of the strategies direction um, loving working with each one of you we've had a couple of one-to-ones now we're getting to know each other uh, we obviously had a couple of group calls as well so I just wanted to say thanks from, from my side I'm, I'm, I always love this process just with a couple of you four of you actually obviously uh, and get to know you better and, and just trying to be play a small part in helping you to achieve some of the goals that you you set for yourself so thanks very much we appreciate that thank you thank you cheers Richard Well, isn't it great? We heard from Daniel, Martin, Monica and Silvana, 35 days into their journey of the TPV Apprentice Programme, which is a 100-day programme. 
And uh, during that program, we we get lots of one to one time. We get we get group calls. We get we get sharing in the in a community. If you like, there's a knowledge base, and everyone can network with one another. So uh, we, we're going slowly. I keep saying trust the process uh, that people are going through because it's a 100 day program for a reason. Um, but equally, I just thought it was you know opportune to mention some of the other events and programs that I've got going on at the moment. So. First of all, I've got a, a 30-day jumpstart program, property jumpstart program. So obviously, we've got a 100-day apprentice program, and uh, I've already got a few people looking at the next program. But um, I, I, what I thought I'd do is um, just look at the fact that making use of our time and uh, a 30-day jumpstart program. So I've got an alternative to the apprentice program, which is you know a quicker intervention. It's still going to be you know a small number of people, four to six people, looking to start that at the end of this month. Uh, close the doors on it fairly soon, and I'm offering that at a fifteen hundred pound ticket price. So that's um, it's it's a, the price will go up, is what I'm saying after the first program. So if that's of interest to you, the big takeaways from that one will be you'll you'll get a business plan, um, you'll you'll understand your personal profile and how you can engage with others, and you'll have a personal development uh, and business development action plan. They're the three big takeaways from that particular program. It's going to be much more of a group setting uh, with with me and also with the other people on the program. Uh, less one-to-one time, but there'll be some one-to-one time. So if that's of interest, reach out to me. We can have a conversation. Um, limited number, because uh, I like to work with people I can get to know and care about, frankly. So that's that's the property jumpstart. But a couple of other events just for you, and perhaps a, a call back to what I said at the beginning of the uh, podcast today about introverts and extroverts and that sort of thing. There's a couple of uh, live events. There's the TPV Live Lunchtime Wednesdays. So that's uh, 1 o'clock on Wednesdays. It's open to anyone who's listening to this. It's open to anyone in my community. There's no charge. It's a Zoom call. Um, there's no agenda. You, you drive the agenda. Uh, if you just want to sit there and just talk and listen in, you don't have to, you know, you can do that too. There's, there's no pressure to do anything, say anything. There's no upsell. There's nothing like that. It's just an offer from me to the to my community at this point in time. Um, you know, if you want to know about how to get involved in that, you can just pod, you know send me an email podcast at propertyvoice.net. I'll uh, tell you about how to you know log on. Equally, if you look at the TPV Meetup group, if you look at Meetup, the 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 app and the platform, obviously, pretty much everything on Meetup these days is virtual, as indeed is TPV Live lunchtime Wednesdays. Uh, you join the meetup group, and then once you've RSVP'd to uh, this meetup, you can um, you can get the, the Zoom link details and join us that way. So no pressure on anyone whatsoever. But there we go. If you want to do that, um, equally, I'm uh, I've been you know very you know it's, I'm, I was wondering what can I do at this point in time. One of the things I can do at this point in time is to give back into my own community. And so the the live call I've just spoken about is an example of that. My mastermind group, for example, I'm doing coffee time calls and town hall calls every single working day. Um, I put a pause on some of the uh, the fee collection for the mastermind program. So I'm just trying to give back, I guess. And um, I was thinking, how? what can I do? Can I do more? And then I was contacted by the organizers of an event. Uh, it's quite a new style of event. It's uh, called Virtual Property Networking uh, event. And it's going to be uh, sort of an online platform. It's obviously virtual. There's going to be a range of speakers. And it runs from Friday the 17th until Sunday the 19th of April. It's three half-day sessions. Uh, I'm speaking on day one. I'm very happy to be. And there's a bunch of other speakers as well. I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes to that event and uh, details of how you can get tickets. It's completely free as well. Um, so it's free to get a ticket. 
Um, what I would say, though, is we're trying to support NHS charities. So there's an option to donate to NHS charities as well. So obviously, I'd encourage you to do that. But if your financial situation doesn't allow, there's no pressure. You can just come and attend the event. There's going to be speakers. There's going to be networking opportunities. And of course, if you wish, you can support NHS charities. So we're just trying to raise money for a good cause. Uh, none of the speakers are getting paid. The <coughs> excuse me, It's just an opportunity to learn and to share. Um, this is an independent type of uh, networking group, so it's not affiliated to any large organization. Um, of course, as a sponsor, I think Knight Frank are, are going to sponsor the event. But anyway, just signpost you to that. Um, I'm talking about bulletproofing your property portfolio, which I think is relevant uh, on day one. So if nothing else, have a listen into my slot. Sign up and have a listen into my slot. I'll, I'll show you where to get the tickets on the website. So, Or just reach out to me and I'll tell you where to get the tickets instead. So there we go. Um, I think they're the main things I wanted to cover off today. So yeah, as I mentioned, a bit of a smorgasbord. Uh, we talked about introversion and extroversion. So, you know, when reaching out to friends, perhaps consider what kind of energy they they prefer. Um, some, some people might, might need more contact. Some people might actually need less contact. If you want the resources I mentioned for the extroverts, just write in. I'll just share what we've got. Hopefully there's something in there that will help you. I started talking about the trends. I think I'll return to that topic at a later stage, but maybe you've got some ideas on that. So why don't you message me and, uh, and let me know your thoughts or get into contact on social media. I'd love to hear from you. We had the apprentices update. Of course, I've talked about the Jumpstart program. Uh, if you're interested in that, just reach out to me. I'll close the doors once we've got the right number. 30-day uh, property jumpstart program. And I've got the live event, so TPV Live Lunchtime Wednesdays and the virtual property networking event, which will be this weekend. So hopefully you've listened to the podcast quite close to the release time and date and, uh, and know about that. Sorry if not, but there might be another event later on, I'm sure, in, in these times. So there we go. Um, that, I'll draw a line. Uh, it, the show notes are going to be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. Of course, if you want to talk to me about anything from today's show, anything to do in property, generally speaking, you can, you can reach me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net as well. And I guess all that remains right now is to say thank you very much for listening once again this week. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.